Welcome to With You Every Step, the solo travel podcast that explores, explains and hopefully inspires you to travel the world by yourself. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. Welcome back to With You Every Step. Now, you've heard me talk about friends that I've traveled with and traveling alone Today I'm going to share one of my best friends with you and I actually met her while traveling. We traveled Mexico together, did not know each other when we went and we ended up becoming the best of friends. So today I have Jessica Kelly here who I am so happy to share with you all. Welcome Jess. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) You're very welcome. So we are going to talk about Mexico and if you've listened to my, I think it was my one of my first episodes, then you would know my story about Dominican Republic. And that's where I was before I went to Mexico. So I was by myself, but I was in Dominican for a friend's wedding from the US. And then I was flying to Mexico City. And then I had decided to stay in Dominican longer than going to Mexico City, thinking that Mexico City would be dangerous. And I had that bad incident happen to me, which I've spoken about before. But I think I should have gone to Mexico City earlier. You did, didn't you? You were there a couple of days before the tour started? So we arrived, I think it was about two days prior to the tour. Like we landed, did not speak a word of Spanish or anything. All I knew was queso was cheese, um, polo was chicken. Excuse my pronunciation, it's horrible. (laughs) Um, And um, carne was meat. So I was like, okay, sweet. All I need to know is that and una cerveza and I'm, I'm going to be sweet. Yeah, one <laughs> beer for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, and, and just keep it coming. <laughs> um, so I'm like, yep, I'm going to know how to order a taco and I'm going to know how to order beer and I'll be, I'll be fine and maybe an occasional margarita. So, yeah, so we arrived a couple of nights prior and – we arrived and it was quite late, so everything was shut. So we're walking the streets of Mexico trying to find anywhere to eat. And because we just landed, we forgot some um, stuff that we needed to get from the pharmacy as well. So we're going down like these dodgy back alleys like of Mexico City because we got completely lost. We obviously didn't understand the translation. Now you, so keep, we're sorry, sorry, all... you keep saying we. So you were there with a friend, weren't you? You flew over with a friend from Australia. Yeah, so I flew over um, with one of my good mates. We were actually, the whole reason why we were going to Mexico was um, one of our workmates was getting married to the love of his life, who they met on a Kentucky tour many years prior. So she's Canadian, he's Aussie, and so they decided to get married in Mexico. We decided to make a big holiday out of it and go a couple of days early, well, a couple of weeks early, actually, and do a gecko tour throughout Mexico. And it worked out perfect because we started in Mexico City and you finish in Cancun, and then we just had to go down to Playa de Carmen for the wedding. So, yeah, so it was me and her wandering around the streets of Mexico at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night trying to find a 24-hour pharmacy. Um, As soon as we got back to the hotel, we started hearing all these what we thought was gunshots and we're like oh my god something's happening but it was actually just a protest so it was teachers that were protesting against I guess other teachers that didn't have as much experience or or able to teach 
the syllabus to its full extent. Um, so they were protesting and trying to get a pay increase and, and I guess have better facilities. So they were actually just letting off bungers. So that... <laughs> I don't know if you had this before you went, but I know before I went to Mexico, everyone kept saying to me, oh, you've got to be careful. Mexico is very dangerous. So did you have people saying the same thing to you? Yeah, definitely. So that's why, like, that was my first reaction. And plus, I watch a lot of movies. So my imagination got the better of me. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to be in the middle of, like, a cartel fight. And, like, <laughs> what's going to happen? And, yeah, so, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to go for the little blonde girl and I'm not going to stand a chance against her. <laughs> um, but, no, it was actually really safe. And, like, the next day when the protest kept happening, there was streets lined with police and it was a really calm demonstration. Yes, I was setting off like bungers, but firecrackers. Firecrackers, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get used um, to you'll get used to Jess's uh, Aussieisms, as we like to yeah. call them. She <laughs> that trip, I learned a lot of them. Actually, there was a lot I'd never heard of before, and so she taught me yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like to call them my Jessisms. But... Oh, Jessisms, yes, Jessisms. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> it was honestly such a beautiful city in the daytime. Like because we got there late at night, we didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Um, and I think the next day, it really, I guess, solidified how beautiful it actually was. Oh, it was so beautiful. Now I flew in, so I had this awful thing happen in Dominican Republic. Couldn't wait to leave got on the plane, plane was delayed, ended up getting <laughs> late into Mexico City. And then I had already organized with geckos for the tour to pick me up to take me to the hotel. Now, something that I highly recommend, which I did not do at this point, was getting the details for the hotel because they were not there to pick me up. And I had no idea where I needed to go. I was not sent the hotel information. And I remember I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And I thought, okay, something's wrong. I've already been panicked from being in Dominican and having this awful thing happen. And I was already on edge. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to ring my mom. So I rang my mom at home and said, mom, can you ring my travel agent? See what's happening. They then got in contact with geckos. They then sent somebody to come pick me up. But otherwise I had no idea what the hotel was. So I would never do that. Now I am totally please give me the hotel to every place we're going to just in case something like that happens. So I don't know if you remember, but I got in there really late just before. Yeah. Yeah. Just before the, the group briefing, like half an hour before. Yeah. yeah. And so I was really, you know, kind of frazzled and went to my room and the rooms were paper thin and you could hear the whole corridor. <laughs> that was, it was a pretty uh, dicey hotel, really. <laughs> we had some Brazilians that were next to us and, oh, my God, it sounded like they were in our bedroom. Like the walls were that thin. It was quite amusing, actually. Yeah, so I had gotten in there just before that meeting dropped my stuff off in the room, went downstairs to meet everybody, and then everybody was already there. I think I was the last one to walk in maybe. Yeah, you were. And I think we had run into you in the lift as you were going up to go to your room and we had like a brief conversation because we're like, oh, it's another Aussie because we had no idea who was going to be on this tour. Mm. And, um, and we're like, oh, yep, we're all meeting downstairs. 
And yeah, because I actually hadn't been told. Check-in hadn't told me there was a meeting. I was so out of the loop. And I remember feeling like, oh, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even want to be here anymore. And I was having one of those meltdown moments. But then it was okay. After 10 minutes of coming downstairs and meeting everybody and then saying, oh, are we all going to go out for dinner? Yeah, let's go next door to dinner. Oh, great. Yep, I'm back on track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, after a couple of tequilas and beers, everyone got to know each other quite well. And that was before the tour started. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so then the next morning we were up pretty early and then I mm-hmm. think we left and we went to, oh, we went to that ruins, Teotihuacan, which is about 45 minutes out of Mexico City. It is really cool. It was really cool. That was the first ruins that we went to on that trip. Because that was the, was that the sun and moon pyramids? Mm, I don't know. I'm not sure. Because they were like the massive, like there was probably about three or four and there was one that we had to climb. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of the first days and, oh, silly me wore jeans and like a singlet and it was so bloody hot and having to climb that pyramid on the first day. Yeah, I don't think it was meant to be as warm as it was, but being out there in that sun, it was blistering. I remember that too because I've got a photo with my jumper that I had on and I've just had my like singlet underneath and I just have it wrapped around me because I was hot and I never take that off. So it must have been very hot that day. Mm. Oh, we did a, a bit of a tour that they took us around to this place where we tried mezcal. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yep. That was the first time I'd ever had mezcal and I didn't know what it was and it's basically tequila without sugar. It seems a lot stronger. I liked it. I thought it was nice. I mean, some people call it rocket fuel, but hey, I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was just the start of our mezcal episodes and then we went out for lunch as well and that's when we we tried mole. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was the chocolate sauce. Yeah, it's a Mexican chocolate sauce, which um, it's not my cup of tea. I'm not a big fan of it, but it's Mexican. They told us we had to try it, so I tried it. Did you like it? I didn't mind it. It's not something that I would write home about, but it was like it was nice, but it was just a weird concept for chocolate and meat. To me, I love chocolate, don't get me wrong, and I love my meat, but together, not so much. Yeah, I was a massive fan. I didn't have it again, I don't think, but I tried it. Uh, We also went to the museum. Yeah, that's where I started to fall in love with all the Aztec stories. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I remember walking around and seeing the big sundial and seeing how they used to uh, tell, I think it actually wasn't, I don't know if it was a sundial, I think it was their calendar. It was the calendars, yeah. And they had the most amazing stories beautiful like paintings that you could get and that you'd find all throughout Mexico in our entire trip. But remember that one painting of it was like a man and he was carrying a woman in his arms? Mm, no. Do you remember? The only one paintings? I've got a visual of is where someone's head was cut off. <laughs> oh, I bought the singlet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one that I can picture right now. <laughs> Oh, no, there was a beautiful one. It was like this big, strong, I guess, Aztec man carrying this beautiful woman, like, draped over his arms. And the whole story behind it was she was a princess and he was one of the warriors and they fell in love. And 
swore that they'd stay together till the end of time or or whatever. So when she died, they buried her in the top of this mountain and they say the curves of her body is like is what's formed the mountain. Ah, no, I don't remember that story. That's beautiful. It was this beautiful love story. I'm like, I need to get it. But I, yeah, I didn't end up finding it again. Like with Mexico, I find if you found something that was absolutely beautiful to buy it there and then, because I was like, oh, I'll be able to get that down the track and never came across anything quite like that. Yeah, I agree. If you see it, buy it straight away because you never know if you're going to see that thing again. Yeah. We also Mm -hmm. went into one of the cathedrals there and we went up to the top. And we had a view of Mexico City. Do you remember that? I do. I think I was pretending to be like the hunchback of Notre Dame and swing on the rope. (laughs) So you can see how I fell in love with this girl, right? And I didn't let her go. Oh, you have to do it. It was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. And then the next day we went to – now, I don't remember how to say this correctly, but I know how it's spelled. But it's P-E-U-B-L-A, I think. Puebla. Was it? Is that how you said it? Yeah. Well, that's how I said it. But like I said, my pronunciation isn't the best. But that's what, how I thought it was. L-A at the end. Yeah. Puebla. Yeah. Okay. So that's the next town we went to. And now I know that we got a bus there. I can't remember how long the bus trip was. It was a public bus and we had a guide. So our guide had taken us there by taxi and then he had told us where to go. But you could do it by yourself. Totally. I wouldn't recommend getting a car and driving through Mexico. Don't think that's probably the safest, but I found that the public transport was quite safe. Yeah. I mean, we caught buses like because we had a lot of time to ourselves as well that we could go and explore and we are getting public transport throughout the city and I didn't have any issue. But then with this tour, any time you weren't on an organised bus or anything like that and you were having to get a cab, there always had to be at least one boy in the group. Oh, yeah. Our guide made that, right? Alonzo, his yeah. name was. Oh, I forgot that he did that. Yeah, because um, we had one of the boys and he was like pretty much our travel buddy the entire time. Everyone had their set groups. Oh, yeah. I did forget about that. Yeah. I, I don't think – I never felt unsafe though. No, me neither. That's why I think I forgot about that. Yeah. I just remember him being like extremely careful of who went into what cab. Mm, yeah, I do remember that now. I've got I've got my travel diary. So every time I travel, I always have a diary and I write down everything that I do in that diary. And a note for that day I have was I got tacos, mine were wrong and they were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember it, but clearly I must have oh, been because I've written because <laughs> I've written it down, so I must have been pretty annoyed. Then we went to Oaxaca. Now, Oaxaca was my favorite place in Mexico, which I will tell a story in a little bit about why. Yeah, that was an amazing town. And I think we timed it perfectly. Like, because when we got there, I think we had like that beautiful lunch and we were serenaded by like three mariachis. Mm. So, felt extremely special. They had this massive banquet and there was so many different types of food it was like ridiculous and not even stuff that you would normally think about like there was like all awful yeah but, what, like, what, in these... let's be honest what gross stuff did you eat oh I think I ate everything so I had like tongue liver stomach oh, I dread to think what else 
but then also chili and lime crickets. So Mexican. Mm, yeah, and again, termites. I did not. I yeah, you ate termites too. Yeah, I did not touch any of these. I can't do it. Just the thought of it makes me dry reach. I am such a wuss with that stuff, and I just, I just cheer you on when you do it. And you did it so well, <laughs> and you look like you were enjoying those crickets. <laughs> I was actually. They yeah, it reminded me. I don't know of like a really crispy chip or something. But, like, I love anything with chili and then putting lime there as well. It's, like, a bonus. But, yeah, they were just crunchy. Like, there was no, like, it wasn't like it was gooey in the middle or anything like that. I am dry reaching right now. If you can hear noises, that's what that is. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) So where you buy it from was, like, these side stalls on the street and there was just buckets, like, actual, like, buckets of different critters that they had, like, deep fried and marinated and we're like well we're in Mexico is it like you're never going to really do this again when in Mexico (laughs) (laughs) yeah for some not for everybody I cheered you on (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it it looks disgusting I don't understand why anyone would put something so gross in their mouth and swallow it it's just it's beyond me but anyway Mind you, we had to go get drinks afterwards. But Yeah, I think it? you did want something to wash it down. You had probably a little leg stuck in your tooth or something. Oh. We had this lunch and then me and three others walked out and we went for a bit of a wander around. And so I was separated from you at this point. And we went for a bit yeah. of a wander and we went into, I think we went into this church and we came out in another direction and we could hear all of this loud noises and screaming and we didn't know what it was. And we thought maybe it was some kind of protest because we'd just seen one in Mexico City. So we thought, yeah, let's go check it out. Of course, you know, that's what you do. You hear danger or something like that and you go towards it. Yeah, right. But anyway, yeah. we did. <laughs> So we went towards it and as we got there, it was the start of a huge parade that they were having and they looked at us and went, you four Aussies, come here, join in. So they gave us these straw hats and so we started in this parade and we were just wandering like the streets through in this parade. We don't even know how we really got in there. And they were coming up to us with gasoline containers filled with mezcal. <laughs> and they also came up with bamboo shoots as, as shot glasses and they were filling it up and giving it to us. And we looked at each other and we went, you have one first. And so they had a shot and then we had shots with them. I can't remember how many we did. I think it was a lot. I don't know. You all went pretty at dinner though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we enjoyed this parade though, but you had a different vision of the parade, didn't you? Yeah, so me and my mate, we decided to have a bit of downtime and have some Mexican wine. So we went to this restaurant and we were like on a second level and looking down over this like square. Um, And next thing you know, we see this parade come through and we're like, oh my God, this is amazing because the outfits the women wore like, with like these beautiful bright colors but they were all like the long flowy skirts and the long sleeve and just the embroidery and that all on it was amazing and they all had these like straw hats next thing you know there's these four people <laughs> like like Aussies that we've just met on our um <laughs> on our tour 
dancing in the middle of this parade and all we're seeing is them with these straw hats and doing shots out of what looked like like a jerry can <laughs> we're like oh my god what is happening <laughs> we were having a ball they just embraced us and went join in and we said okay we had the best time <laughs> that's my fondest memory in Mexico because they were so warm and welcoming and so we were just part of it and everyone was taking photos of us and maybe because they thought we were idiots but it didn't feel like that at the time <laughs> quite likely now we might be on some Facebook page somewhere as look at these idiots but anyway and we loved it we had a great time and we thought it was a lot of fun and we had a lot of drinks and I remember one guy coming up to me and saying you need to be careful be careful of that mezcal it's very strong it'll knock you off your feet and I remember saying to him but I'm an Australian and he went Ah, you okay? You'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a fun day and then we all went out for dinner and, I, yeah, I don't have much memory of that dinner. It was a little bit, mm, I can't quite remember exactly what happened at dinner. It was hilarious trying to watch you guys eat and drink after having that many mezcals. But I must have eaten because I think I had sobered back up by the time that we went out because then we went out afterwards and I have very, very clear memories of some things that happened when we went out, like a very big shot of tequila that I had and that memory is so bright. (laughs) Because of the tequila or...? (laughs) The tequila slammer is a little bit different than what we do here in Australia and makes more sense the way they do it but I wasn't expecting it to be the way that it was so they had put the lime in some salt and you do the lime first and then you do the tequila and so I did this and not realizing that it was chili salt and (laughs) it burned my face off (laughs) I thought I was breathing fire. I had never, I can handle a bit of heat. This was nothing like I had ever experienced before. The tequila did not stop it from burning. I seriously thought I was talking to people and fire was coming out of my mouth. Oh, you were still complaining about it at like two o'clock the next afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So... Surely it couldn't have been that bad. And everyone's like, oh, Jess, it was bad. (laughs) It was bad. It was so bad. I have never. I remember at the time it tasted good. And then it was that hit like two seconds later. Ooh, okay. And I remember walking up to somebody and saying, is there fire coming out of my mouth? I thought I was like a dragon and fire was coming out. That's how much it was burning. Oh, it was awful. But I remember that night very clearly. <laughs> yeah, and we were we were at a club in Oaxaca as well. I don't know if we went to any other places that had a club, but I know Oaxaca definitely did. Yeah, that was a big night. <laughs> it was a massive day, but I loved Oaxaca. It's a small town. It's not like it's a huge town and it's really beautiful, but it had everything that we wanted that day anyway, and it was great. I would go back there. I highly recommend going to Oaxaca. It's spelt a little bit different. It's spelt O-A-X-A-C-A, Oaxaca. Yeah. I remember the markets and everything down there. The markets were amazing. Probably about three blocks from the square, it was just all-you-can-see markets. And people were so friendly. I don't remember the markets. 
we had gone to the markets and had got a bottle of wine while you guys were getting drunk in the parade. <laughs> <laughs> Probably why I don't remember the market. Yeah. That was, <laughs> I don't regret it. It was great. It was a decision that I don't know if I would always make would be taking a drink from a stranger. I never do it actually. I'm really quite cautious. But at that time, I trusted it. We all did. I made him have it first before we did. And it was all good. And we had a great time. And they were beautiful people. And it was so, I've got the fondest memories from Oaxaca. So then we went on to San Cristobal. Do you remember San Cristobal and what we did there? Yeah, we went to that church. I've I've actually got the name. It's Chamula. And so it's C-H-A-M-U-L-A. And there's a church and there's a market there. And it's actually a small town that has its own police force. Mm, yeah. And because there was the police were riding horses through the square. Mm, it's actually quite bizarre. So it's not in San Cristobal. It's a little bit of a drive away. So we went there and it was such an odd experience for me. There was a couple of things that happened there that have really stuck with me. And going into the church, they have their own language as well in this town. So it's, I am so terrible. So I'm just going to spell it because I can't say it, but it's T-Z-O-T-Z-I-L. And they're Mayan people and it's a Mayan language and they speak this language. It's an indigenous language. The church, they have their own rituals. And I know that you stayed and you watched everything, but I couldn't. It made me feel really sick. So I remember going in there and I remember, was there hay? Was it all hay on the ground? Yeah, what you have to like envision was this massive square and it is this dark white, like white, white chapel with like bright like aquary green windows from from my memory and you walk in like it's this beautiful looking building like very plain very simple but just it just stood out and when you walked in there was no furniture whatsoever there was candles just on the ground not even in a holder or anything just burning and then there was like hail grass scattered all through and that was kind of like their their flooring then they do this it's to stop it's to stop children having the evil eye and it's only they do this in very where they think the case is quite bad that this child is evil they get a chicken a live chicken and they rub it all over the child and then I think they kill it. But I couldn't stay and watch. I had to leave. I I can't cope with that at all. So I walked away. But did you stay and watch the whole thing? Yeah, I actually watched a couple of the rituals just because I was so fascinated. It, it, it was quite confronting, but we were also hypnotized to stay and watch because I saw them do that, like you said, like it was almost like an exorcism to a young boy. And they had this live chicken and they would – sort of go around in circles with it facing the boy and it was almost like to disorientate or calm down the chicken before they do this whole ritual and then they would drag this chicken all over this kid's body like all down each limb individually while they kind of did like this chanting and then Again, when it gets back in front of the the boy around his chest area, they would then do the circle again and then wring the chicken's neck. 
it was a very different experience. But then I saw them do that to an old woman. So it made me think that not only did they do that for, and I mean, this is just my speculation. I could be completely wrong when people are actually quite ill and they don't know what's wrong with them, Mm. like whether or not that was like a healing property. It it might be. It might be because I think what their theory is is that whatever the evil is or the darkness, it goes into the chicken and they kill the chicken so it gets rid of it. I think that's the theory behind it. So it might be with illness as well. Yeah, so it was yeah, it was quite fascinating to watch that. Yeah, and there's no photos allowed in there, so we don't have any photographic evidence and I don't think anyone will or they shouldn't because they are very strict on that. It is a place of worship and a place where they uh it's very spiritual for the people that live there, so you know, taking photos is just not acceptable. And even in the town, they don't like it if you take photos either. So there's not many photos. I've got one of the church from the outside, I think, but that's all I have. Yeah, I think that's all I had as well. But the stuff that they made in this village, it was like that, what you see in the movies, like those really bright colours and they had everything from like purses to throws to like cigarette covers. (laughs) Yeah, because they had a market out the front of the church as well. So then once you've finished in the church, you walk through the market. And that's where the other incident happened that has really stuck with me. And I talk to my nephews about this constantly because I think it's a really good reminder to where we live and where how other people live. And I remember one of the women that was in our group saw one of the little boys and they were walking around and none of them had shoes on. And there was concrete everywhere and it was hot. It was such a hot day. And she said to this little boy, cause he was very sweet. And she said, you tell me what you would like and I will buy you something. And he said, I would love some shoes. So she went and she bought him a pair of shoes, just a little pair of sandals. Cause he didn't have anything on his feet and he put them on and his little face lit up and his mother came over, yelled at him, ripped the shoes off his feet, and went and took them back and got the money back. Now, I don't know if that's because they need the money to be able to live or if because she thought maybe it's come from an evil person because we're an outsider, we're not part of the town. I'm not sure. But the way I tell the story to my nephews is that they needed the money and this little boy, all he wanted was a pair of shoes. And how spoiled our kids are now that they cry over not having enough time on an iPad or an Xbox and all these luxuries that they have. And this little boy just wanted shoes. Mm, Broke your heart. Like the amount of kids that were running around. And, yeah, like you said, none of them had shoes on. And the women, oh, remember their outfits? They were really unusual. It was like a thick wool. And I don't know how they were wearing those wool cape, like capey dresses, mm. that they were that really thick wool, and we were sweating just wearing shorts and a singlet. So I don't know how they were getting around in it, but it was like their authentic outfits. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was really, it was really pretty. It was, a, it was a nice experience. I'm glad we went there. It was really good to see a different culture. It was totally different than anything I've ever experienced before. So that was really good to see that. Then we went to Palenque. Now, on the way to Palenque, we stopped and we went to a few waterfalls. Mm -hmm. 
And we went to Misolha, which is M-I-S-O-L-H-A. And that is the place where a certain movie was filmed. Do you remember? Yes, that was the movie that the um, the first Predator was filmed. So good old Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it was amazing. It was this really, really tall waterfall. You could actually walk behind it and look at it from behind. But we actually went swimming there. Mm. Yeah, we did. It was really awesome. I remember you and I sitting on one of the rocks for a while. Was that there or was that at the other place? No, that was there. Yeah, I remember we had like a big DNM and, and I think that was the first time that we started going, oh, I think I like you as a friend. I think you're a decent person. I think I want you to be my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, we found we had a lot more in common than we thought. I mean, there were so many different walks of life on our tour. They were all Australian, but all from majority Sydney, um, Canberra, and then you from Melbourne, but different age groups, different life experiences. And yeah, I guess that's when we really clicked. So when we jumped in the water, I'm quite a strong swimmer and I'm like, I'm a water baby. So love anything to do with the water. So really confident in those situations. And um, the current was really, really strong. So they actually had a roped off area with a couple of little floaty boys around to make sure that you knew where the net area was so you couldn't go straight underneath the waterfall or anything like that because of how strong it was and how high up. And I remember us trying to swim around that and try to – it was almost like there was a chain of us all holding hands yeah, to I try think, to get Yeah, I think around. we were. I think we totally were all holding hands. Yeah, because I remember I was like – Grabbing onto you with dear life. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not the strongest of swimmers. <laughs> oh, you can still swim, but yeah. I mean, it was it was a ridiculously strong current. It was. I was out to protect you, love. <laughs> I know you were, and I remember thinking she's the best. <laughs> and then we went to Agua Azul, which is the other waterfall, which is beautiful. If you look it up, the pictures will blow your mind. It's gorgeous. It's A-G-U-A-A-Z-U-L, and it is so picturesque. It was really pretty. And, again, they had ropes in there as well. I remember going in there, and we took photos, and it was a really special waterfall. I think they were both beautiful. They were both must-sees. And I know when a lot of people say to me they've been to Mexico, and I say, oh, where have you been? And they go, oh, Cancun or the really kind of American touristy places. To me, that's not Mexico. This is the real Mexico. Yeah, I I like that we actually saw the off the beaten track, um, the trekking through the jungles, the massive bushwalks to get to these beautiful waterfalls, seeing more traditional style people. It wasn't all, I guess, your streamlined, all-you-can-eat buffets and all-you-can-drink which don't get me wrong, is always fun. But it was good to just experience the traditional food. For me, everywhere I went, I always tried what their local dish was. So I think breakfast one of the days I had like a whole fish that was like coated in like chilli and garlic and all these spices. Mm. And that's what I had for breakfast. Yeah, I remember that. It was stinky. Oh, it was the most amazing tasting thing I'd ever had at that time anyway. It was amazing. Yeah. Mm. 
fish for breakfast. Not, not your cup of tea. Not my <laughs> cup of tea. I would much prefer a cup of tea for breakfast. Then we went to the Palenque ruins. Now, they were by far my favourite out of all the ruins I've seen. I loved Palenque. I loved everything about it. I love that we then went from Palenque ruins into the jungle and we did a jungle walk and then we mm-hmm. came up to some other ruins that were also, were they in that same movie or they're in a different movie? I think they were in a different movie. I can't remember if it was too Because I don't remember there being like ruins in Predator. Mm, I don't remember the movie. I definitely remember the waterfall, but not not the ruins. Um, I think it was like one of the Indiana Jones ones. Yes. Yes, it was. Correct. Oh. Look at me and my memory going. (laughs) Yeah, amazing. So, yeah, we then saw that ruin in the jungle and it's got everything all grown all over it. That was really cool. I really loved that. And then there was another waterfall. and But those ruins, for me, they were the best. And I even remember walking up them and that was when (laughs) I remember going, (gasps) saying, guys, I don't think I can get down. And everyone else kind of looked at me like, oh, whatever, weirdo. And you came and grabbed my arm and said, it's okay. Come on, I'll help you down. I was like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think I saved your life a lot of times during this trip, didn't I? (laughs) Yeah, which is why I won't let you go. (laughs) (laughs) No, they were amazing. Like half the time you're trekking through the jungle and you're like, oh, it's weird. It feels like we're going uphill. And they're like, that's old ruins underneath you so you were actually walking without realizing because it was so overgrown that you were actually walking up these pyramids and and it was only the ones that were like completely sort of culled back that the jungle hadn't completely taken over to actually see what it was Mm. yeah it was that's where we had the termite oh that's where you ate the termites yeah no they didn't taste like peanut butter they taste like vegemite which did grubs taste like peanut butter. Yeah, okay, that's very important that you made that definition. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, which did grubs taste like peanut butter and termites taste like Vegemite. If you don't know what Vegemite tastes like, go eat some termites. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then we went to Merida and from Merida we did an extra and I know you did this with us. So it was $45, $45 US dollars extra to do this optional where you go out to the cenotes. That was beautiful. I think that was one of the first times I'd actually done something without the girl I went with because she's not a massive fan of swimming and all that. And like I said, I'm a water baby. And that's something I just really wanted to see. Um, the cenotes were just beautiful. There were so many different ones that they took us to. I think we went to three or four. Three. Yeah, three different ones. Yeah. Yeah. And one I felt like we were on a scene from Wolf Creek, like we're driving. (laughs) I can't (laughs) say I had that thought, but I think it's quite funny that you did. (laughs) Oh, we're driving in the middle of nowhere. Like I think we saw a cow and that's pretty much all we saw on this trip. And he just parks in this middle like in the middle of this open field and I was like, what the hell is going to happen to us? Because it was an extracurricular activity. It wasn't a part of the actual tour. 
So my brain, again, is going into overdrive. And then they're like, climb down this ladder. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And we climb down and it just opens up into this massive cave. And oh, the water- I do remember. It was kind of like a – he opened like a – um, oh, what's it called? Like almost like a trap door type thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like he opened a trap door and then we went underground. Yeah, I do remember there was nothing around there. Yeah. Like it was an open field. Felt like he dropped us in the middle of nowhere and here's your towel, go have fun. It's like, what are we going to do in a field? And that's when, yeah, they opened that and we climbed down the ladder and it opened up and it was just this really bizarre feeling. Like there was, I guess, this mound in the middle of the room. It felt like a room, but it was like a cave and it had some foliage and that on it, but then the water was so crystal clear. You could see everything. Mm. They were all beautiful. I just remember how blue they were. Oh, I've got photos. I'll put them on the Instagram page. So make sure you're following with you every step and go through. I put lots of photos up from all the episodes and I'll put some up from this episode too, because these photos are a must. You must see them. It is beautiful. And again, you can't miss out on these things. I think if you go to Mexico and you don't see this, you are missing out. It is so beautiful. I would go back to Mexico. Oh. In a heartbeat. Oh, in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. Like it was just, but every cenote was completely different. Different settings, different shades of blue. Different fishies. Yeah. So it was beautiful. And, yeah, we went swimming in every single one of them. And then we finished off with some massive (laughs) cocktails, which is always a good way to finish a great day. Mm, I think you kind of converted me into the whole margarita thing because I didn't do tequila before this trip. I remember. (laughs) You're like, come on, have to get a frozen margarita at every stop we go to. and (laughs) As you said, when in Mexico... Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then we went to Cancun. Now, I know a lot of Americans go to Cancun and they love it. For me, I was just like, ugh, this is gross. This is not Mexico. It was just very commercialized, I found. Compared to everywhere else that we'd been that was really traditional and traditional foods you saw your maccas you saw your all your fast food joints and there was just people everywhere and the pricing was american all of a sudden you're paying american dollars it's not mexican money anymore instead of paying a dollar for a liter of a corona you're paying 10 us dollars for a small corona like whoa what's happened we were totally shocked we've been coming through beautiful parts of mexico paying cheap prices and then getting smacked with american prices yeah and i mean and the food was just complete like the food was very americanized as well it was yeah why do i remember a pirate ship i don't know why do you remember a pirate ship (laughs) we went out for a couple of cheeky cocktails in the afternoon as you do on holidays and it was like next door pirate ship so it's kind of like miami meets vegas so it's kind of got the beach feel but then with the commercial over the top vegas vibe that's going on and that's how i felt i didn't i didn't like it but saying that 
I did love it on the other hand because I loved the clubs. I love going to clubs and dancing. And we went to Coco Bongos and we went bongos. <laughs> yes, we did. But remember we had that dinner a couple of doors down before we went to Coco Bongo. Yeah. And it was, it was like the food wasn't amazing. And they played really cool music. So every half an hour or so, the staff like actually stopped pretty much working and got everyone up into a conga line going through the restaurant. And it was like a really interactive style. And I remember clearly because I've got the photo of us doing it, of us standing on our chairs at the dinner table, um, like at this restaurant doing the chicken dance. Yes, yes, I remember that. It was a lot of fun. Oh, we went to Charlie's. That was Charlie's. That's it. And we had all the scalpers trying to come round to us to sell us tickets to go to this club, Coco Bongo. Yeah, but we had already organised that, hadn't we? Our guide had organised it for us and we paid 70 US dollars, but I think they were trying to sell it to us for like 100, weren't they? Yeah, they were trying to sell it to us a lot more than what we got it for. But it was a cocktail on arrival and then it was all you can drink once. No, it was a shot on arrival. Like it was some type of pink shot. <laughs> and that's what you and that's what you had in the line like as you're going to go in um and then it was all you can drink once you were in the club but out the front there was Spider-Man and the green goblin like on their on like a hoverboard where you could go up and get photos with them and you know it might sound yeah it might sound expensive but it's because they have shows so there was like a Madonna show and there was all these shows going on and me being a performer, I loved it. I loved it so much. I loved watching them perform. I loved all the acrobatics going through the air and people flying around and then the, everyone gets involved. Oh, it was the best club I've ever been to. I absolutely loved it. And I mean, clubs aren't for everybody. And I know that a lot of people have been to Cancun and not been to Coco Bongo's. But I think if you like just watching shows, you can go. I know there was some levels where people would sit down and they weren't dancing or drinking and they were just sitting down kind of watching the show where we were up on the bar dancing. It was like stadium seating around where you'd have a waiter and you'd have drink service so they would bring you bottles. And then so you walk into this club and there's this big square bar smack bang in the middle of the club with the stadium seating around the edges of the club mm. and then that there was like a massive stage probably like a level up two levels up it was quite high yeah it was quite high and then next minute it was phantom of the opera so you had th that lady in that beautiful red outfit flying through the room on on the wires going throughout the room and the phantom of the opera the next one was a Batman and Bane fight mm. and then next minute it was Spider-Man and Green Goblin and then there was the mask and then it would go to an Elvis show and a Madonna show and oh I loved it it was so cool it kind of, it kind of ticked every single box oh. in regards to live shows like it was everything from the modern to your superheroes to your classics it just it was amazing. And then they would get you up on the actual bar dancing. Yeah, we were up there a lot. And they would—they kept forcing us up there. I was like, I've had enough. I don't want to go up there anymore. They're like, come up, come up. I'm like, no. But it was fun. 
it was quite a thick bar. Like, I mean, width wise, but I kept thinking, <laughs> oh, imagine if I just fall over, like, and just fall into the crowd. It would have been hilarious, but it, it would have been. Would've... And knowing you more now, I'm kind of kind of shocked that that didn't happen. <laughs> I know, like if anything's going to happen, it's usually to me, but I was proud I didn't fall off. But you had to be careful of the air jets. Do you remember being in the club and then every uh, 15, 20 minutes, there was like these chill blasts of air that came from the roof? Yeah, I don't know why. That was really annoying. I didn't like that very much, but maybe it's just to kind of cool it down because it does get really hot in there. Yeah, I think it was to cool it down, but then you had to be careful because if you're on the bar, the jets went up. Yes, they did. Well, my dress kept trying to fly up. So every time you could hear before it was like setting off, so you'd hold your dress down to make sure it didn't like go anywhere. But one of the girls completely lost her dress. Like it actually flew over her head and she had to grab it by the hem to pull it back down. And I do remember a girl dancing on the stage in a dress above me that didn't have any knickers on. I remember (laughs) that. Yeah, if you're going to do that, lady, put some knickers on. I don't need to see what you ate for breakfast. (laughs) They have a very, like, there's one, I would call it its baby sister, in Playa de Carmen, which it was another Coco Bongo um, but it was probably about half the size. Still amazing shows and everything. But, yeah, it was amazing to see the two different types. Mm, I didn't get to player, but I heard player is nice. I think it it sounds a bit nicer than Cancun, right, as in the actual town. It's still a, a large tourist destination, but it was just a little bit more toned down, I think. I think the end of that Coco Bongo night really solidified our friendship. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And I know exactly how that happened and why. <laughs> so I was down in the foyer and I was, I was uh, trying to Skype with one of my friends from home and I remember looking up and I see there's Jess walking past the foyer in her pajamas. And I thought, where is she going? So I went and said, Jess, where are you going? And you said, I'm going to get chips. I'm hungry. <laughs> and I said, it's like five, four in the morning. Nothing's open. And we were out of town. We weren't in the center of town. We weren't at one of these all-inclusive resorts or anything. We were at a little hotel that we had to get a bus at that time back to. And <laughs> and you were adamant. You wanted to go get food. You were hungry. I said, you can't go out. Firstly, there's nothing open. Secondly, you're in your pajamas. And you went, oh, I am. I'm like, yes, yes, you are. So (laughs) I said, come and sit here with me. So then we went and sat down on one of the lounges in the lobby. Yep. And... We were sitting there and we were just having a big D&M and you laid down and you put your head in my lap and I was stroking your hair and we had this big <laughs> D&M and then found out the next day that our guide had got a phone call to the room saying that there's these two girls from your group in the lobby. I think you should come in down and get them. I was like, what? We were fine. We were totally fine. We were just chatting. 
Uh, I think I fell asleep in your lap and like started snoring and you're like, oh, <laughs> yes, you did. You totally did. You started snoring. That's probably when he made the phone call and was like, you need to get these girls out of here. <laughs> you left after that and you went on to player. Yep. For the wedding. So I went down for the wedding. Yeah. And then I continued on that tour. So a lot of tours have branches where you can do a certain part and then you can leave or you can join on. And I was doing this whole part where I went down to Belize and to Guatemala and I would recommend it. It was great. I really loved Guatemala. Belize was cool, but Guatemala was, I think, a little bit better. Worth probably seeing more than Belize, but it's still good. If you're going to do it, do it. I liked Carl. That was pretty cool. Oh, we forgot to mention that we went to Chichen Itza. I like Chichen Itza. It's a ruins not far from Cancun, but to me, Palenque was the best out of all of them. And then Tikal was the best in Guatemala. I really liked that one as well. So they were my two favorites that I would recommend going to. But Chichen Itza, it's kind of a bucket list thing. You do it, you take a photo, you're like, oh yeah, I've seen it. It's ticked off the list. But there's others that I thought were a bit more impressive. Yeah, well, it's in the wonders of the world of places to see is Chichen Itza but for me it felt like it was beautiful don't get me wrong and it was very well preserved like they kept it really clean and they were always restoring and I, it was Chichen Itza that I went oh my god I haven't bought one of like the beautiful handcrafted masks or I didn't get the Aztec calendar with that man and woman getting them from there it was so expensive I regret not buying a lot of the stuff at the smaller ruins. Yeah, at the smaller towns. They were much much cheaper, much cheaper. Much cheaper and they were beautiful and they were better quality. Yes. Because they were actually hand-carved wooden ware. The one I ended up with was actually like a plaster one. But you had to be careful buying wood because getting it back into Australia is really tough. Yeah. And then declare it and see if they let you bring it in or not. So it's always a risk because they might say no and then you lose it. And depending how much it costs, you've wasted that money. So I try not to buy any wood items to coming back into Australia. So after that trip, eventually, you know, we went our separate ways. And then when we came back to Australia, we kept in contact. And like I've said, Jess is now one of my best friends to the point that when my dad died, the first thing she did was jump on a plane and come down here. And I can't thank you enough for being here for me for the last year and ringing me every day to check in on me. I wouldn't be able to get through this year without you. And I'm so glad that we met in Mexico. And that's why Mexico has such a special place in my heart because it brought me you. (laughs) For me, Mexico was the trip of a lifetime. Like it was amazing and the people I met along the way and you definitely included like that was no but like you're my best mate and I like you said we chat every day and running into you at the airport as well <laughs> that was super cool. on our crossovers yeah <laughs> I forgot about that yeah we did run into each other now when I got back uh, I decided to come up to Sydney and visit you and visit everybody And one of the boys in our tour group, Liam, beautiful Liam, he was there that weekend. He's from Sydney and we decided to organize this get together, but he had family in town. And so he brought his cousin to our get together and 
Who is that cousin to you now, Jess? He is now my partner. (laughs) (laughs) So Jess not only got a best mate from that trip, she also (laughs) got a boyfriend who she will eventually marry from this trip. (laughs) Well, we've been together, yeah, four and a half years now. Yep, yeah, so okay. Liam might try okay, and claim that, go. but I claim it all. Liam, yep, it was just coincidental that you brought your cousin. If it wasn't for me coming up, it's all me. I take credit, or I take half credit. I suppose Liam had to bring him. But yeah. <laughs> it must have meant to be because, I mean, he was in town for his dad's birthday and none of them live in Sydney. It was, yeah, he was down from Queensland and I guess I was a charmer on that evening. <laughs> <laughs> That's an understatement. Oh, my gosh. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> In fine form as always. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a hilarious story that was. Anyway, that's not part of my podcast. That's not about travel. But the, the part of this was that if we didn't go to Mexico, we would never have met each other. And I'm glad that we did. And it's amazing sometimes how life takes you in different paths and how it opens you up to people you may have never met otherwise. Yeah, I would definitely recommend like, and I mean, you're a solo traveler and I was just traveling with one other person and the friendships that you make along the way wouldn't trade it for anything. Something we didn't mention earlier is that I know we spoke about how everyone thinks Mexico is a really bad place and that there's really it's it's really dangerous. One of the people in our group went to the bank and left his card at the bank and at the ATM and he was stressing. The next day he'd realized he'd gone back. Someone had handed the card in and so he didn't lose his card. Someone handed it in. He got his card back. It was all fine. Everyone is thinking, oh, Mexico City is so dangerous. Be careful. People are beautiful. People were lovely. Another night, someone else had left their door open to their room and had their wallet and their phone right on the bench. The hotel staff who rang our guide and said, one of your travelers have left their door open and we can see all their belongings. So he just went and shut the door and it was all fine. Again, nobody tried to steal anything. We were very lucky. I'm not, I'm sure other people have had bad circumstances and situations but for us we didn't find anything bad at all and I wish I went to Mexico City earlier and didn't have that incident in Dominican Republic. Yeah I mean the people over there were beautiful and I remember one of the mornings on our tour they made us leave super early in the morning do you remember that because they said um, that there was sometimes pirates on the road that were taking money so we left super early in that morning but we never came across anything so I think they took extra precautions to make sure that we were never put in those situations true and so again do your research be smart I don't recommend hiring a car and driving through Mexico for those reasons but definitely get to those spots that we went to you won't regret it you will love it Oaxaca Palenque beautiful absolutely beautiful Thank you so much for joining me, Jess, and I'm glad I got to share you with the world. No, thanks again for having me. It's been an amazing experience. Thanks for listening to With You Every Step, hosted by Michelle Lee. We do hope you enjoyed listening, and if you did, make sure you tell everybody. If you didn't, nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Please subscribe to get up to date with our latest releases and give us a thumbs up on our social media 
at with you every step. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions or inquiries, please email us at michelle at michellelee.com or head to the Contact Us page at our website, michellelee.com. That's also where you'll find all our blogs mentioned in the podcast. We love to hear from you and if we have inspired you to travel. Thanks for listening. Love life and adventure on.